right. Welcome to the True Wealth Radio Show. This is your hostess with the mostest, Katie Shook. And in studio today with me is... Justin Bruggeman. Justin is another advisor in our office. So uh, as you can tell, since we both answered the mic as it became hot, David is still MIA. By the way, he will come back next week. I promise. Um, he, he never stays away for too long, right? He's on kind of a little bit of a short tether. He can go for a little while and it's like, no, and come back. But um, we miss David. We miss him being around, especially on the show, because he is super insightful and has his good thumb. Is it finger on the pulse? Finger on the pulse, right? I guess it's because you. Yeah, I'm going to ruin even the good metaphors (laughs) today. That's just how it's going to roll. My goodness, we are halfway through March already. Like, well, I guess not really halfway. It feels like it. Does it feel like time's flying by to you? Because it's going way too fast. Everybody's talking about tax deadlines. I think when you're always forward thinking about deadlines, like you always have numbers like a month ahead in your head and you're like, oh, it's, you know, here. And then all of a sudden you look up on the calendar and you're like, nope, that's two weeks away. Like, I remember thinking like around Christmas time, beginning of the year about spring break, right? Because spring break's coming up at the end. It's really close. Right. The end of the month. Um, And so I was like, oh, spring break, spring break. Right. And so my head, it's like, oh, it's the end of March. It's the end of March. Heck no, I go on vacay in two weeks. <laughs> so this lady is counting. Um, but man, it's, it's amazing to me how fast time flies. But speaking of time, Justin, how are the markets doing? You know, today was a good day. Um, based on where the market was last week, we're about even even from when we were last week. We had a little bit of a, a downturn later in the week. And then, you know, large tech kind of brought it back up and we're... Uh, about flat from when we were last week. Now, is there any weird one-off stories that's driving this, like the whole Tesla thing or GameStop or something funky Bitcoin shenanigans, or is this just like normal market fluctuation? It's it's rotation, which tech took a big, you know, a little shift, and they went down a little bit last week, and it might have it might have positioned some buy points for some people, and so it just brought the market kind of back up. Um, and when okay, so let me translate really quick what I think I heard you said, and then you can mm-hmm. tell me no, I'm wrong, and then you're gonna recite it again. <laughs> what I heard you say was the market went down a little bit, and people said, when it's on sale, buy it for me at this price, right? And so their buys executed, mm-hmm. and then by putting more money in the market, it drove the price back up a little bit. Uh, yes, and it just it's sector specific too, which large tech is a, such a big player in, say, like the S and P five hundred. So when the S and P five hundred goes down a little bit and tech goes down, it pulls the S and P five hundred down a little bit, and then when that seems like an attractive price points, it triggers buys at that price point and it pushes the market back up. Well, yeah, who doesn't like anything on sale? I like buying stuff on sale. I like buying stuff on sale. <laughs> and GameStop's still crazy. Oh my gosh. Are you still following it? I am. Okay. So what have, where's, do you have any idea where it's at? I know I'm totally putting I, I you on the spot. Do. It's at, uh, today it was up 27%. So we're back up to almost 250. Oh my goodness. Now, is this the rebound of people still having to buy like their margin calls and stuff? Or do we think that this is just like aftermath of all the excitement. I mean, I know we're, we're speculating at this point. Like, we're just guessing, by the way. Like, it's, you know, we're looking at the data going, we still don't get it. It's a lot of things, I think. It's, it's, uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's, it's happening. So 
as long as enough people jump on board, it, it's going to drive prices different ways. So I laughed today because somebody called my office and jokingly said to me, so what about GameStop? And I was like, not today, Satan. Not today. No. Not today. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, anytime we look at an investment, we look at it not, I mean, we're not day traders. Like we're looking at uh -huh. investments as long-term stuff for people. I mean, there are, everybody's time horizon's different, right? Mm -hmm. So we take that into account um, when we're looking at client accounts. And I say we, this is the royal we, by the way. Like I don't do the trading or investments. This is what Justin and David do in the office, not me. I help the money movement. But people call and ask me questions too, right? Like, hey, what do you guys think about? And, and in general, we kind of have an office opinion about how we feel mm -hmm. about certain things. And usually it's because it's well discussed. Um, but yeah, GameStop is one of those, like we kind of jokingly even say even about like Bitcoin, right? Like we kind of follow it. I don't know that we necessarily do anything in cryptocurrency in our office. Um, you know, I've admitted on air a long time ago, gosh, I want to say three or four years ago now. It's been a while. Um, I bought some just to play with it. But usually when I do things like that, where I view it as speculation, I do it with a set amount of money that I'm okay walking away from, right? right? Like I don't put everything on red or anything like that. Although there's times when I've seen things go up and I'm like, man, I wish I would have put more. But at the time that was what I was willing to lose, right? It's like David's admitted on the air, like he doesn't gamble. Are you a gambler? Do you gamble? Uh, not a good one. <laughs> Why not a good one? I just, uh, I get bored of it pretty quick. Do you? Is there something specific that you like to play? Uh, blackjack, if I can sit and play long enough, but the odds aren't, aren't very good. And so when we're look when I'm playing odds, I'm like, uh, if I ha don't have a good chance of coming out ahead, I kind of just bunt. Okay. That makes sense. I like playing blackjack, but I also like playing roulette. Because it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's so random, right? Like, you have no control over that little ball bouncing around anywhere. Um, but even gambling, like, I recently went to Vegas and shared about that. And even gambling, like, I won't gamble with money that I need, right? right. I look at it as I'm paying for entertainment no different than going to the right. movies or going and doing some other event, right? Like, this is my form of entertainment, and that's what I'm paying for. Um, so, no, I don't have a gambling problem. I don't need to go to Gamblers Anonymous. It's been a very long <laughs> time since that's happened. Um, but it's things that are fun like that. But anyway, so the markets are kind of they're up from where they were last week, yeah, but still are kind of last week back up. But they took a little bit of a dip yep, after the did. show. They had a little bit of a rough end of the week and then came back a little mm -hmm. bit. So. All right. And before we get started too far, Justin and I had a fun conversation this morning. So as we were talking about prepping for the radio show, um, I was asking Justin, so whatever happened to the lawnmower? Because last week we, we did a whole segment on should versus could. And we were talking about Justin's wonderful lawnmower fiasco where he was out shopping for potentially a new riding lawnmower, but looking at the tractors. So what happened? So, well, nothing got purchased. I can say that other than a battery for my lawn, my broken down lawnmower. Okay. And, uh. Turns out I ran over some, actually, I'll take that back. My father ran over some <laughs> wire that got strung up in the motor of one of the blades. And every time you tried to start the blade, it killed the mower. And uh, we fixed it last weekend. Thank you, Dad, for coming and helping me with that. See, you're never too old to have your right. daddy come to the rescue. And, or your uh, mama. <laughs> we got it cut out. 
uh, the wire and put a new battery in it, and it runs pretty good. I still want one. Um, I got offers to go drive some. I know. Uh, How funny was that? So we know we know a few people that own a few tractors, and they said, hey, if Justin wants to come test drive, we got a few he can ride I around like on. if I do that, I'm going to be put to work, though. And that <laughs> like... um, that's probably true. <laughs> it's like, here, you can ride the tractor. Just make sure you do that whole field before you get off. <laughs> so the tractor situation is still put on the sideline. It's still in the back of my head, but it's still very much a want. And uh well, I would say that Dave Ramsey was proud, right? Like right. Justin took what he had and he fixed the thing. And, you know, this is this is a hard thing that we have, even about America, right? Like America in general is like, oh, I can buy the new shiny object. But we talk a lot about like would like should versus could, right? Mm-hmm. Like, could you have bought the tractor? Probably. Should you right now? Maybe not. Maybe. Who knows? And by the way, if you own a tractor dealership and, uh, you know, I'm going to put a shameless plug out there, want to offer Justin a killer deal, he will definitely consider yeah, it. Yeah, we'll definitely talk. <laughs> but it's could versus should is something that is important. We talked about it last week. If you're just tuning in for the first time, we have podcasts. They're on our website, littlejohnfs.com. You can listen to last week's show um, where... Yes, we talked about Justin and his tractor saga and his lawnmower, but we talked about the difference between could versus should, right? What you can do and what you should do. And that theme is going to ripple through this week's show as well, because we're getting a lot of calls in our office, right? As we get closer and closer to tax deadline Mm -hmm. and people are starting to talk to their CPAs and starting to get all their taxes and their finances lined up and, and they're saying, you know, Um, I need to do this thing. Now, it's really interesting when people call us and tell us what they want to do, right? Like they call and go, okay, I need to do this thing and this is what I need to do. And it's hard sometimes when I feel like we don't have any background information or like to vet that information. Um, Do you know what I mean? Like if someone calls and they go, okay, I need to put, you know, $10,000 in my SEP IRA. And I'm like, great. Now I can help facilitate that. Tell me why. Like, how did you don't want to pay as much in taxes? Right. But but I still want to know, how did you arrive like at that figure? How did you figure out it's a SEP and not something else? Like, how did you get there? Right. Like, and and it's the information is key. Right. Like, we want to make sure that everything aligns. And I will tell you that there has been times when a financial advisor does not always agree with a CPA on the best course possible. Now, usually it's pretty similar, but we've had times where we're like, are you sure you want to do that now? And, and, and I'll throw out why. Um, and by the way, this is not a, like, I'm not trying to throw CPAs under the bus. They are very valuable. And there's a lot of great CPAs in town and we work with a lot of the firms. Um, you know, usually when you're looking at your taxes, what are you trying to do that year? You just said pay as much taxes, not pay as much taxes, (laughs) right? The goal is to not pay as much taxes on your tax. Now you're thinking, what would be a situation where we would disagree? Sometimes it's more about long term, right? Like, is it worth it in the short term, but might blow up something long term? So we need to look at what people are doing, like not only for this year, but does it fit the overall plan? Right. Right. And sometimes those can be different. They're not always. They're very rarely. Usually CPAs give the same advice as your financial advisor and we kind of work together. Right. It's the buddy system. We want to make sure that. You know, we're helping you invest the money you're trying to save and they're helping to try to save money. So you put more back in your pocket. 
So it's a very, usually is a very symbiotic relationship, right? And I mean, mm -hmm. by no means are we ever like going toe to toe, like, no, oh, we disagree. Right. Like, it's never a fist fight or anything crazy. If it ever was, it was a conversation with all of us explaining what our thoughts were versus their thoughts were, and we figure out a solution that way. And sometimes I would say it's not even that we disagree. It's that the information was not mm -hmm. communicated maybe clearly, right? So, and I think that's something that's important. One of the things I want you to know, listeners, is there's a lot of jargon in our field, right? Like any specialty field is going to have their own lingo. And when you get people that that's their field and they start rattling off stuff, right, right that you may not understand. Now, first of all, I want to say for the record, that does not make you a stupid person because you do not understand it, right? That is not your field. That would be like me expecting to know every single medical term. I'm not a doctor. Like, no. why would I know medical <laughs> terms, right? Like, like, that's not my job. When people start using abbreviations in the medical field, I'm like, well, some of those I know what those are. Right. But like, I don't know what everything stands for because it's not my career. I didn't go to school for that, right? Just like most of our employee or not employees, most of our um, clients didn't go to school to work in financial services. Right. That's not their job. So if there's something that you don't understand, ask. Because that's something that's really important, right? And understand what you're trying to do. And sometimes what we need to do as the financial advisor, like you said, is get together and do a group call with the client. Right. And get the CPA on the phone or the accountant, whoever they're working with, and say, hey, let's just make sure we are on the same page, right? Like explain to me where you're coming from, especially if it doesn't make sense, so that we can make sure to help facilitate what you're trying to do. Right. Right. So, and there's so many ways to do that. But you know what I think we're going to do? I think we're going to take a break first, and then we'll come back and talk about the different ways to maybe possibly help save on your taxes. So, this is Katie Shook, and, and with me is Justin Bruggeman. And you're listening to the True Wealth Radio Show on News Radio 1240, KQEN. All right, all right, all right. I feel like Matthew McConaughey. We are back. <laughs> He's one of my faves, by the way. With the True Wealth Radio Show, this is Katie Shook, your host, and with me in studio is... Justin Bruggeman. And Justin is one of the advisors in our office, so sometimes you get him. He is by far the quietest one in our office. I keep That's saying, like, every time, you know, if we ever get a new building... I'm not putting you next to the exit door. Yeah, there shouldn't be an emergency exit in my no, office. No, there has to be like a bell <laughs> right. or something where it's like, oh, I know Justin left. Either that right. or I'm putting like a secret camera somewhere so I can right. make sure like you're actually in there because he is so quiet. And then I jokingly told David today that I was going to use up all your words for the rest of the week because I was bringing you on the radio show. Yeah, that, that typically happens if I, have, if I have to come on this for sure. Although you probably get in less fights if you use all your words at work because then you're just too tired. To fight yeah. with sandwich. <laughs> Just kidding. They don't fight. They're no. wonderful. They're getting married. Aw. Everybody wait. gave you an aw. It's an exciting time in your life. That's cool. It is very exciting. And that's also why he's not buying a new $15,000 tractor. <laughs> I still want it. Is that I'll on the running registry? I'll still leave the hint. Are you going to walk somebody around? somebody has one. <laughs> are you going to walk around with the like, scanning gun like for the yeah. wedding registry? Can I scan the tractor? Yeah. Yeah, why is there a $10,000 car on here? Well, car. 
but you know, it's like you walk around, scan all the. Like, yeah, I need a tractor. It's important. Home, I think Home Depot actually does wedding reg- wedding registries. I'm sure they do. Like, not kidding. I legitly, I think they do. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I spent a lot of time. I should just ask them. They know me by name at this point. <laughs> do you do a wedding registry? Can I have the scanning gun, please? You're back again. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I know I need something. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Need something. Best gift ever for any new home buyer, right? is a gift card to a hardware store, right. right? Like you pick your favorite hardware store. I don't care if it's Ace, Home Depot, Lowe's, you name it. Like they're always in need of something, Harbor right? Harbor Freight's always a winner too. Harbor, Harbor Freight, there you go, right? <laughs> I mean, garden tools, house tools, yeah. paints, <laughs> like you name it, they always need it. Hey, those are true wealth moments too. That's times you spend together trying to patch all the holes right. from the previous owner. Oh, goodness. All right. So today we were talking, we're still kind of talking could, could versus should a little bit, right? Um, and I wanted to say, you know, people are calling our office because they've been talking to their CPAs. They're trying to get stuff lined up with their accountants. They're trying to figure out how to lower their tax burden mm-hmm. for last year's taxes, um, which, man, I was waiting to see how some of that tax code was going to shake out. Because at the beginning of COVID, I was like, you guys are just making this up as you go. Like how, I mean, you know, by the way, I'm going to say flat out, God bless everybody that is in the accounting industry. No like they need tons of prayers because no everything that they've ever known got turned upside down on yeah. their head. And now they're help, like trying to figure it all out. Right. And make you compliant. So like, you know, if you're working with a local CPA or accountant, just bring them a box of chocolate just because, right, you know, sure. or buy them their favorite coffee because I'm pretty sure they need it. Like they <laughs> will earn their keep this year for sure. But anyway, so clients call our office and they say, hey, Justin, um, I just met with my CPA and they said I need to open a SEP IRA. And you're like, sweet. OK, sounds good. How much do you want to fund it? And they go, "Uh, I don't know. Now, hopefully, if you met with your CPA, you have an idea of, yeah, they should have said, hey, you need to open this kind of account. And I'm using SEP as an example, right? This doesn't mean that this is recommended advice for you. We are not giving financial advice. We're just talking about things that happen. Um, And by the way, we were joking around about it today. What does a SEP IRA even stand for? Do you remember? Simplified Employee Pension. We just call it the self-employed plan. Yeah, the self-employed plan. Right. Still fits the acronym. SEP, self-employed plan. So with that, it walks and talks a little bit like a traditional IRA, but has different limits. Correct. So for those of you that are new listeners are going, what's a traditional IRA? I'm going to do kind of some big picture things, right? We're going to talk about the different kind of accounts really quick and what they mean to the IRS. Right. So like the standard ones are a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe as of 2020. So if you're contributing for 2020, the limit on contributions was six thousand dollars. And if you're over 50, you get an extra thousand dollars. Right. So it's seven because they figure if you're over 50, you're on the downward slide towards retirement. You should be able to throw in extra just because you're getting that much closer. But. Traditional IRAs. So traditional IRAs are tax deferred, meaning if you have your paycheck, right, you take the money out of your traditional, you put the money into your traditional IRA, but it's deducted from your income. 
right? So you haven't paid taxes on it's left, right? So let's say you make $1,000, you put $100 in your traditional IRA, and then you're taxed on 900. So you're not taxed on the full 1,000, you're taxed on 900 because you put $100 of tax deferred money into an IRA, an individual retirement account. So what does that mean? Well, because it was already tax deferred, all of the growth and everything also is tax deferred. So the account stays in that status. When do you pay the taxes on it? When you pull it out. When you pull it out. Now, I want to clarify something too, because there's a weird visual or something that kind of happens in people's heads, right? Like they go, oh, I'm going to retire at 65. Great. Okay, just because you retire at 65 does not mean you are going to go, okay, I retired. I'm going to cash out my whole entire right. traditional IRA right now. No. <laughs> you know, hopefully at that point we've grown a great little nest egg for you. Now, some right. of that's time horizon and obviously when you started investing and all the other good stuff, right? So we're just using hypotheticals at this point. But what you want to do is take out the money that you need to support your income. And the reason I use the word support is you may be getting social security, you may be getting passive income somewhere else, maybe you're getting a pension from work. Like people have income that kind of comes in from all these different right. places, right? So like if you are used to making, let's say 6,000 a month, you may only need to take out 2,500 out of your traditional IRA or 3,000. You may not need to take six, depending on the other income sources that right. you have. Plus your life may look different, right? You may not need as much income to live on I'm kind of getting into the weeds now, but you may not need as much income to live on if your house is paid off, if your car is paid off. Like if you don't have these big payments and it's basically like, well, I just need to, you know, take care of my everyday living costs, then maybe you really only need about 4000 and it not 6000 Depends how much fun you want to have in retirement. Also depends how on how hard you want to play. how you should have. <laughs> <laughs> well, how much, how hard do you want to play? Right. Right. What does that mean? So anyway, so we talked about a traditional IRA. Traditional IRA is tax deferred money, Right. Now, this is something that it took me a while to kind of wrap my head around because I was like, well, if I already got my paycheck, which means I already got taxes taken out and I took it home, and then I contribute to a traditional IRA, which you can do, right? then how do I make that tax paid money tax deferred? When you file your taxes. Right. And then so, and so I'm going to repeat that. Justin said, when you file your taxes. Now realize, when you file your taxes, that is your overall accounting to the IRS, right? Mm -hmm. You said, I've earned this much income, I've paid this much tax already, and I either owe more or owe less. So when you do that final accounting, so even if you have W-2 income where you've had money taken out for taxes, putting it in a traditional IRA will then lower your overall income. Mm -hmm. So to make math easy, let's say you earned, and again, guys, you can earn more or less, I get it, but I like math. So let's say you earn $55,000 and you put $5,000 in a traditional IRA. Well, then your tax burden is technically only 50, not 55. So if you pay taxes on 55,000, you may get a refund. Now may, right? Everybody's individual situation is completely different. Or you may owe. Depending. And you may still owe, depending on whatever else is going on in your life. But uh, or, you know, whether or not you're single or married and how many kids and all the other good stuff. But point being is the t you know, you've lowered your tax burden, right? Um now, how does a traditional IRA differ from a Roth IRA? Because the Roth IRA contributions go in after tax. Right. So you take that same paycheck, you've already paid your taxes, but then decided to contribute to a Roth. Now, what would right. be a benefit of contributing to a Roth if I don't get a deduction on my taxes? Because it's growing tax 
deferred, and when you withdraw it, or sorry, it's tax paid. It's tax paid, but the growth is still growing, and when you withdraw it, it's tax free. What? I like that four-letter yes. word, by the way. Free is one of my favorite so words. So you pay zero <laughs> tax on the gains as long as it is after 59 and a half. Right. As long as you've qualified it, right? So, like, you got to you gotta play by the rules. You can't take it out early. You got to do all sorts of other fun stuff. Now, we're talking about the gains, and there's, there's different fun rules and stuff like that for a Roth IRA when it comes to contributions versus gains right. and all the other stuff. And at that point, I would say, see me after class. If you have questions right. about that, we will have a one-on-one -on -one conversation about your personal situation because everybody's situation is unique. But that's not the point of the show, right? So we've talked about a traditional IRA is tax deferred. A Roth IRA is after tax money. Now, there are weird little caveats with a Roth, right? Like you can actually make too much money to contribute to a Roth. Correct. I'm not going to go into that on the show because, again, that's very personal. That's personal advice, right? And we're not right. talking about that right now. But um, so when a Roth IRA is not an option, then you're kind of stuck doing the traditional. But there's some other fun little things like a backdoor Roth. So if you want to know what that is, I'm not going to get into that on the show today, but you can go ahead and Google what a backdoor Roth is. And it it sounds funny. And again, I, sometimes when I explain it to people or when I listen to David explain it to Google. people, I have to like say it a couple times. It's right. like, okay, let me, let me draw this out and explain how this works. Cause um, it's confusing. Yeah. There's a lot to it. There's, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. So again, we are, medical professionals in the financial industry right. right we've studied the terms we've studied the rules we know the rules we don't expect you to know them if you do that's great like great job listening and reading and finding out what to do sometimes people know just enough to be dangerous mm -hmm. right but not quite all the little caveats um so we talked about a traditional we talked about a roth there's some other ones i mentioned earlier i mentioned a sep ira right now that's a different one that's that's a Moving into a different beast, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our next break, our obscene profit break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about what a SEP and a simple IRA are and a 401k and the differences between all the fun stuff. So when we come back, that's what we're going to do. This is Katie Shook and Justin Bergman, and you're listening to the True Wealth Radio Show on News Radio 1240 KQEN. With the Katie and Justin show, David is MIA. If you missed the first half of the segment, don't forget to check out the podcast. It'll be available on our website tomorrow, littlejohnfs.com, Frank Sinatra, FS. I don't know. It was the first FS I could think of. Well it's hard played. when you have to spell it out because people are like, Like It's like, what letter were you saying? I don't know. It stands for financial services. And then when I rattle it off that quick, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, no, I wasn't spelling out financial services. That's why we abbreviated FS. Right. And I give up. We eventually will just be littlejohn.com, but I know it's taken. So we're we're working on it. If you own littlejohn.com, call me. Let's talk about it. Anyway, so last segment, we talked about traditional and Roth IRAs. I had mentioned that, you know, we've had clients calling in saying, hey, I'm trying to lower my tax burden. I need to put money in my blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. Roth IRA, traditional IRA. Um, now, a Roth IRA contribution doesn't really lower your tax burden, though, right? No, it does not at all. Right. Because it's didn't... 
Because there's no, is there any advantage? Like, do you get any deduction? Do you know if you get any? I don't think you get any Zero. deduction, right? Because it's, it's after an tax after money. Tax contribution. Right. Doesn't mean it's not worth it. There, there's a ton of benefits to Roth IRA. There's a lot of flexibilities with them, which not saying you should ever take money back out of a retirement plan, but any contribu- contribution you put into it, you can technically take back out of it, and there's not a taxable event. Um, it's not always a wise choice, but the flexibility of a Roth IRA is there. By the way, totally what we were talking about, could versus should. What you can do and what you should do are not always the same thing, right? And by the way, I will tell you, you know, the hardest part about robbing your retirement plan, which may sound like a good idea at the time because you're like, ooh, I have this pot of money there, is the opportunity lost. Mm -hmm. I'm going to kind of go into the weeds for a minute. What happens if you touch... You know, let's say $5,000 or $10,000 out of your retirement plan, right? Well, what you've done is you've unplugged it from working, right? Right. So it can no longer produce rabbits. And we like rabbits because rabbits breed really quickly and produce often, right. right? And what happened, like the market has been, like to me, pendulum swinging like the last couple months. It's like, like it's up really high and then it's like down a little bit and it's up really high and it's like, it's, it's. You know, or more like, I guess, riding a roller coaster, maybe not as much like a pendulum, but there's been lots of highs and lows. But what happens when you unplug that money, right? It could be sometimes months or years before that money is ever put back into the account, if it's ever put back at all, right? But what you've done is you've taken a chunk of money that is no longer working for you. Mm -hmm. So that's the part that can hurt your overall financial plan. In the long run, right? It really can. Because, I mean, even really, a lot of times when people withdraw money from their accounts or their retirement accounts with the intention of putting it back is they think they're going to, they think they should, but the reality of it is they usually don't. Well, and sometimes I think it's the sense of urgency. Right. You feel more sense of urgency to put it back right away when you first withdraw it. Right. And like, you know, as time passes whether it's days weeks all of a sudden it's months it's like six months later and you're like well i should really put it back and then it's like a year later and you're like "Mm, how important is this like that decision becomes more faded as you start to settle into the idea of not paying it back right it's it's kind of like our weight loss plans at the beginning of the year right in january you're like super motivated and then halfway through january you're a little less motivated and by february you're like i'm kind of (laughs) motivated maybe it's, it's even when like especially with younger clients sometimes is they come in, they have this discretionary income, this say, just to make it easy, $500 of discretionary income. I want to put $500 a month to this account. Okay. Which sometimes we would even say, let's, let's start with 250. Now why, if somebody wants to come in and put more, why would you tell them to put less? Because sometimes what happens is if you start really big and then it's too much, your first instinct is to stop. And when people stop getting back going, it's like a diet. When you start a diet and then you stop a diet, it's hard to get that diet back going again. So if you start small and gradually increase or start where it feels comfortable and you can just gradually increase going forward, it usually has a better return for the length of your life. 
So I feel like this is a little bit of the all or nothing mentality, right? right? And and there's another option. The other option, and I'm just gonna throw it out there kind of along the lines of what you're talking about is like, so if that client said, I have $500 of discretionary income and you said, you know what, why don't we start with like 250, right? Let's, mm -hmm. let's leave half of it just in case you need it for something. Well, you can still stockpile that cash. Right. And then, you know, like let's put in the 250 every month and then every quarter or every mm -hmm. six months look at it and be like, you know what, I got this nice little stockpile right. that I'm not using. Let me take half of it and then I'll put that other half in the right. account. So I'm still not, I'm still maxing out, but in a different way. Right. Right. Because then if something comes up and you're like, oh, I need a new car battery or I need to fix my lawnmower, right. <laughs> then you have the cash and then you're not putting something on a credit card and indirectly causing debt because you didn't plan for the emergency. Right. So it right. gives you a little more flexibility in your budget, which could be a really good idea. Now, I told you guys I was going to talk about some other plans. Right. So we covered traditional. We covered Roth. And I know we've covered those on the show before. There's other ones like a SEP IRA. Right. Which we've called a self-employed plan. There's also simplified employment. Pensions. It's not. I know. <laughs> I like to refer to it as a self-employed plan. I realize it's not what it stands for, but that's what makes sense in my head on what the abbreviation stands right. for, because it's really what it is. Right. If you are self-employed now, you can use it for other employees, but there's weird things on a SEP. Right. right. It's like what's good for the goose is good for the gander. So if you give yourself, let's say, 10 percent of your gross wages, and you have an employee, then you also have to put 10% in for the Correct. employee. So that's why a lot of times, not always, because I've seen it where employers have done this for them, for their employees, but a mm -hmm. lot of times they're going to do another plan that's more favorable towards the employee or favorable towards them and maybe cost less with the employee than a SEP. But a SEP, you can put into, so for 2020, if people are looking to lower their tax burden, some people have been told by their CPA to put it into a SEP IRA, right? right. And I believe the max on that was either 20% of your gross income or 25. 25%. Okay. 25%. So 25% of your gross income or a cap of 57,000. Correct. And it's whatever is the lesser. Right. So right? it's it's basing it off like $290,000 or something like that. Right. Which for some of you listening are like, oh my gosh, you just rolled your eyes. Right. right? And for other people, they're like, ooh, what else do you have for me? Right. <laughs> right? Is this my menu to shop off of now? Um, so there, I know it sounds so funny, right? Oh, you can put $57,000. And some people are like, huh, you're funny. Right. <laughs> and other people are like, is that it? Really? That's all I can do? It's like, well, what else we can we do? Yeah. What else can we do? Um, so that's a SEP. A simple IRA is also a retirement plan. Usually if you have, you have to have less than 100 employees. That's one of the weird caveats about a simple um, which sounds like a lot too. In in Roseburg, having over a hundred employees, there's only a handful of businesses that actually have that. But um, you have to have less than a hundred employees, and then there's other rules to that. But here's the thing: when we start getting into retirement plans, so I'm not going to go really deep into them, is there's deadlines. Right. There's deadlines on when you can do things, and for most of the workplace retirement plans for 2020, so looking past, right? Because we're in 2021. You've missed the deadline to get these started. Yeah. Right. Because like, usually they're calendar year. Usually so it is a calendar year. year. And not only a calendar year, but like I think a lot of the deadlines are like October or November. Right. So I mean, like, we've really missed the deadlines. I mean, we're talking, you know, we're coming up against tax deadlines. So there may be only so much you can do looking back. But if you had a you know, a great year last year and you're thinking, you know, I had this problem this last year for 2020. Let's do some forward looking and, you know, right. like, why don't you start thinking about what can I put into place now for 2021 
so that I don't end up in the same position next year when I'm doing my taxes. Now, I realize COVID has hit everybody in a different way um, and some people very tragically. And for that, I will just say, I'm sorry. It has been hard, right? Like for a while it was like, well, we know the disease exists, but we don't know anybody. Now, I personally know people that have had COVID. I personally know people that have died from COVID. Um, and so I am not here to mock the disease at all, right? It is a real thing. But depending on your business, some businesses have actually done better than mm -hmm. expected because of COVID restrictions, right? Because people are staying home or, you know, they're shopping more online and maybe you have an online widget or a store or something that you sell. So there are like, and it's not that people are trying to cannibalize on the poor or anything. It's just, it's a market shift, mm -hmm. right? We change the way that we operate day to day. Um, and so, and you know, by the way, as far as I looked last time I checked today, COVID's still here. We're still getting tests yeah. and we are getting vaccines. So we don't know what a year from now will look like because we have clients that have, you know, people are rolling out vaccines and people are getting vaccines. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how the U.S. is dealing with COVID, you know, next March, now that we've fully lived in it for oh. a year. But well, almost, I think. Feels like it's been so long. I know. I remember six months into it. I was like, we've been with COVID for a year. And somebody's like, nope, it's only been six months. I was right. like, oh, it feels like it's a year. It's it's just been a while and we're still dealing with it. So, But my point going back to the retirement plans is if you're in an industry that somehow has benefited from the shift in the way that we do business mm -hmm. and knowing that it's business as usual still in that kind of method, then you might want to consider what can I do moving forward to possibly lessen my tax burden for next right. year? And this is where, again, I will say, see us after class, call our office, 541-375-0898. If you're not working with somebody, if you are working someone, not only, you know, work with your CPA or accountant or whoever you're working with to lower your tax burden for last year, but talk about future planning. You know, should I do something different for this year? Maybe you do it, you know, Except for the previous year in a 401k right. or something. I mean, you know, just because you chose one path for 2020 doesn't mean that has to be the path for 2021. Right. right. And by the way, we can turn on and off different paths depending on what they are. Right. So there's a lot of like I'm throwing lots of asterisks out there. Right. right. Depending on what they are, there's little caveats. There's there's bonuses and pullbacks from everything. Right. So you got to make sure that a you stay compliant. You're doing the right thing. You're doing everything legally. But there's a lot of ways that a CPA and a good financial advisor can help you with that tax burden. So those are important things to take away from today's show. And Well, and especially is the takeaway from the big date, April 15th. <sighs> is that it actually is a, April 15th this year? Yes. What day is April 15th? So, Do we know? So well, like, I think it's a yeah. Thursday. I think it's so a Thursday. So that is the tax, what would you call it, filing deadline, which that is the deadline for, it is a Thursday. That is the end of the line for contributions to traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs, the big ones, traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs, separate IRAs. That's the big deadline that the contributions has to be done before that time. Right. So this is one of those, even if you're filing an extension on your taxes and think you want to use one of those right. methods, you need to get yeah. it in soon because <laughs> you're going to run out of time. Like right. just because you filed a tax extension does not mean you get an extension on when to put the money into your IRA. Right. 
All right, we're running up against our last break. We're a little long on this segment. We're going to take our last break, and then we'll be back, and we'll recap everything for you. This is Katie Shook and, and Justin Bruggeman. And you're listening to the True Wealth Radio Show on News Radio 1240 KQEN. Welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. This is Katie Shook and Justin Bergman. He almost missed his cue. He I was did. looking on his phone. Um, thank you for tuning in today, you guys. We greatly appreciate you listening and supporting our little local show. I always think of it like there's like five people listening, and I so know that's not true. There's probably like, I have no idea, 50,000, 500,000, who knows. Although I will tell you, the last time I was in Mexico on vacay, I was listening via the app. So it was kind of wow. cool to be like on a lounge chair, hanging out by the pool, listening to the True Wealth Radio Show. So I was pretty excited about that. Hey, by the way, we've covered a ton today. We've talked about, well, we talked about would, could, could versus should. Helps if I slow down a little bit. I realize I talk really fast. So fast. I do. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. does it just sound like Like I a- miss half of it. It's that fast. <laughs> Man, I got to stimulate. Catch every third word. Yeah, I think my husband says that too about me. Right. He actually told me if I talked half as much, he would hear everything I said. Uh. And I said, that means by your analogy, I need to talk twice as much so that you get it all. There you go. He didn't like that argument. I need I to think, say it twice. <laughs> I think he said a quarter. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. I love you, Thomas. Um, if... You are working with a CPA and you're trying to get your taxes figured out because, you know, tax deadline's coming up in about a month and you're trying to figure out how to lower your tax burden and your CPA accountant has said, hey, you might want to consider opening up a specific tax favored account somewhere or contributing to your tax account um, and you don't have a financial advisor, you can call our office. We would be happy to talk to you. And even if you're doing it on your own and you have questions, that's something we can help with as well. Right. Right. So office phone number is 541-375-0898. You can always check us out at littlejohnfs.com. Don't forget, covering SEP IRAs, traditional IRAs, and Roth IRAs today on the show, check out the podcast, littlejohnfs.com. It'll be up tomorrow because our lovely employee, Heather Mock, is in charge of that. Um, And she does a wonderful job with it, making sure that it gets out to all of the mainstreaming medias. But, uh, you know, I I have realized as I get older, I like working with pros, right? Because A, it takes up less headspace of mine. I don't have to worry about all the moving parts, right? Because then I have somebody to also act as my checks and balances. And the older I get, I totally realize I don't know what I don't know. Right. Like the rules change, the laws change, contribution limits change. Like these are conversations that, you know, if you are an investor and you're putting monies in your account, um, a lot of times people set it and forget it. Right. Like if you opened up an IRA a few years ago and then you started doing monthly contributions, it may have looked like closer to 450 a month to max out. Now it may be closer to 500 a month to max out. So make sure you have those conversations with your financial guy or girl as you sit in that meeting. Because if your goal is to max out your contributions and lower your overall taxes, make sure that you're actually doing what it takes to do that. Because limits change. 
right? A lot. And by the way, ages change. I had the best conversation, right? I emailed the client and I said, hey, by the way, you know, not to dig in, but you're now over 50. Like you just turned 50 and now you're able to do this catch up, mm-hmm. this like really weird extra $6,500 into your, into your 401k. And he goes, well, there's one benefit for getting older, right? right? I mean, it's like nobody ever wants to be like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 50 or whatever. But like there's weird benefits as you get older, mm-hmm. right? Like there's certain ages that we celebrate. Like we always celebrate our 21st birthday. And then I feel like there's kind of maybe every decade or so you're like, oh, I'm 30. I'm in my 30s now. Oh, I'm 40. I'm in my 40s now. Right. But like at 50, you get catch up contributions. Right. So you get to start putting away more for retirement, which if, you know, if you're able to do so, like, amen, then you just get more you get to put in there. And then there's a weird age, right? So we always think of retirement as being like in our 60s, but 59 and a half, Mm -hmm. 59 and a half, that's when you can start taking withdrawals without penalties. Right. And by the way, if you can retire at 59 and a half and you don't have to wait till you're 65, good job. job. Like, you know, virtual high five. Great on you. Um, sometimes it gets a little trickier when people are like, I want to retire at 50. That, you're like, that does make it a little bit more. Well, tricky. that's great. But the IRS says the general age is 59 and a half. So we got to figure out how to make up your income for the next 10 years right. before or otherwise you're going to get hit with penalties. And that sucks. Nobody likes to pay a penalty on anything. So different ages, different limits, different contributions, different strokes for different folks. Right. Which is why we don't give specific financial advice on the show we talk about what things are and how they work and that's when you are to seek out your professional of choice and again if you don't have one give us a call we would be happy to talk to you by the way i know it's a shameless plug i'm great at it david hates doing it but we give you know a free initial consultation Mm -hmm. so we can find out your situation it doesn't cost anything to sit down and chat and i hear the music so that's it for today's show this has been katie shook with Justin Bruggeman. And you've been listening to the True Wealth Radio Show on News Radio 1240, KQEN. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brooks Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.